0: Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the channel. It's Denise Salcedo. And no, I'm not standing in front of an actual set this time. In fact, we are here in my living room, wow. but I am joined by YouTube Extraordinaire. Is that a good title for I you? Don't know. Chris? Chris Van Vliet, ladies wow. and gentlemen. <laughs>
1: But, I mean, you you are a YouTube pro. Congratulations on the silver play button. I was so excited when you got that.
0: Chris, I will tell you this. There's times where I'm like, yeah, I'm doing all right. Then I see your numbers, and I'm like, this guy, this guy, you're, you're over, what, 370K on YouTube. Then you got the other channel that completely blew up, too, your Clips That's channel. Crazy. So your main channel, your Clips channel, and then we're not even talking social media numbers just yet. You've built a machine,
1: Chris. I'm just trying to keep up with people like you and Sean. And it's funny. You say, like, I look at your numbers, but then, like, there's always somebody, right? There's always somebody who you're like, well, I don't have as many followers on Twitter as Sean Ross Sapp. I don't have as many subscribers on YouTube as anybody, really. You know, like... Do you know Brandon does everything, BDE? He just hit a million subscribers and I'm like, dude, that's incredible. So like there's always somebody. I think that's the lesson here is there's always somebody who's doing more, who's going for it (laughs) a little bit more, who has bigger followers. So like I think that always kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit.
0: It definitely does because there's times where I feel like, especially if you're just starting out as a creator and you're like looking at all of these people that are already so successful and you start to wonder like, damn, can I ever get there? It is one of those things where you really have to just, you just have to believe in yourself, but it is a lot of work to, you know, to be a creator. With that being said, Chris, I want to start off with this because the last time that you and I spoke was three years ago. It was actually in 2020 during the pandemic pandemic. And during this time, you were barely at 275,000, which is a whole lot. But you've grown massively since then on your main channel and again on the CVV clips. So for you kind of going the last three years, what would you say was the change? What would you describe these last three years?
1: I think the biggest shift was before the world shut down. I had never done a virtual interview in my life. I was always about flying or driving to be able to sit down with the person and have a conversation like this. Because I think that there's nothing quite like doing an interview in person. Nothing like being able to shake someone's hand, give them a hug, look them in the eyes, kind of, you know, feel their presence, (laughs) right? And when the world shut down, I had to pivot very quickly. And I put a tweet out, I'm sure you could find it, where I was like, hey, what's the best way to do a virtual interview? And people were like, oh, try Zoom. You could do Skype. You could do I, uh, StreamYard. There were so many suggestions. And StreamYard I started with, and then I ended up just doing them on Zoom. That was definitely the biggest one. And I think what it did was it opened up the possibilities, right? Now I didn't have to spend a day of traveling from – I was living on the East Coast at that time. I didn't have to spend the time traveling to, like, L.A. to sit down with someone for an hour to then fly back. You know, you just send someone a Zoom link and then – all of a sudden, boom, you're talking to them just like that. That was a big shift. It opened up the accessibility for creators like me and you to be able to sit down with someone who lived on the other side of the country or the other side of the planet. And by the way, and you know this, in May, June, July of 2020, when someone said no to doing an interview with you, they were just a liar. Like, Nobody had any plans. (laughs) All the plans you had had now been er, just screeched, you know, to a halt. And like all your plans were canceled. So like everybody had a lot of time on their hands. But I think what that time really caused me to do was to reevaluate and to go, all right, if we have this accessibility now, I was putting out one episode a, a week. Could I put out two? Could I put out three? How much could we push this? And then the Clips Channel became a thing not long after that. I think it was 2021 when I really started to push things on the Clips Channel. And the growth there has been you know, more than I could have ever expected.
0: It's it's just tremendous to think about how much change even in that short time period. Because another thing that also changed was you were adding like different types of content too. Because not only did you have the wrestling interviews, but you also had you know actors coming on. I mean, like big ones too. And I know you always kind of had that in your channel, but I feel like you just definitely added a lot more. And so now all of a sudden, I feel like what you built was this like. Interview conglomerate on your <laughs> channel where anybody who's anybody is on Chris Van Vliet's channel. So for you to be able to dive into more into that world and combine it, what was the challenge there, especially given that audiences and niches are so important when it comes to YouTube?
1: I actually started out interviewing celebrities, and it's so funny that when wrestling fans will stumble across an older interview like that Anne Hathaway one that pops up all the time from 2011. It's crazy how old that interview is, and it always pops up with the forward young man. I've been interviewing celebrities my whole career and also had the access to talk to wrestlers and just you know massive wrestling fans. So it's like, oh my gosh. While also talking to actors and directors and comedians and entrepreneurs, every once in a while we can talk to a wrestler here? Yes! And then it kind of flipped where it was like more wrestlers than the other ones. But especially, you know, when the world had slowed down there and come to a a screeching halt. I was able to do these interviews with massive celebrities that were just in their homes dealing with the same things that we were dealing with. What's difficult, and you pointed it out in your question, is when you've got a lot of wrestling fans that are dialed into this niche and you do an interview with, I mean, over the last year, like George Clooney or Arnold Schwarzenegger or, you know, someone big like that, they may be a recognizable name, but wrestling fans may not be interested and may not care. And that's been a really delicate balance. And you may have noticed over the last say three months, all of my interviews have been wrestlers or adjacent to wrestling. Like Will Sasso was on the show and did some, you know, great wrestling interview, uh, great, great wrestling impressions. And I've noticed that as a result of just honing in, niching down on that niche, The numbers have started to go up because people are like, Okay, not only are you talking to wrestlers, but you're trying to get the biggest names in wrestling too
0: right and that's such a delicate balance like you oh, said oh it is come on like you're gonna want to interview like all of these other big actors right but then again it's like is it something that your audience is interested in and I feel like that can always be a struggle and I know that a lot of content creators they always talk about stuff like this you know sometimes the, the, the content that you want to create it's not always the content your fan base wants to see because they're already used to certain types of content so with that being said sometimes I think that can kind of mess a little bit with your inspiration or sometimes it cannot i don't know chris for you like how do you stay inspired uh when you're constantly creating content and making sure that you're still doing things that for you are satisfying and fulfilling because as a content Mm. creator you kind of like live and die by like what you're putting out there and how it's being taken
1: for me my definition of success has always been am i excited about what i'm going to do today and then at the end of the day, am I proud of what I've done? And that's really it for me. And I never want to do anything that like doesn't cause me to be excited or inspired. So whether that's an interview with Christian Bale as a you know, massive star, which I know won't do great on my main YouTube channel, but may do well on, say, TikTok or YouTube Shorts, bring it. I mean, also, you've got an opportunity to talk to, you know, one of the greatest actors that is currently alive. So I think that's it for me. I I never want to make content that I'm not excited about. I never want to be uninspired. And this goes way back to like, when I was in college, I had this epiphany of like, oh my God, when we graduate, we're going to have to work for, you know, the rest of our lives. And I (laughs) never wanted to be one of those people who hated my job. I never wanted to be one of those people who Couldn't enjoy Sunday because Monday was the next day. And that was, you know, the exact moment where I was like, I'm going to do everything in my power to try to not hate my job. And that's where all of this comes from.
0: I love that you had this epiphany in college where you're like, damn, my future, it's up
1: to me. That's the worst. but, But think about it, right? Like you're... Uh, you're you're in the moment of like i'm living in college like this is, this is never gonna end good times yeah. forever and i was living with four of my best friends in a student house and like drinking plenty of beer and then like oh my god like it's just a handful of months away the, the real world because you know a 10 a.m class at that time was way too early to go to whereas like you know in the real world monday to friday nine to five if that happens to be you know your set of hours there's no excuse You got to go to work. And I just didn't want to hate my job. That was it.
0: No, and I can definitely tell you, like, I, I can assume that you definitely don't because you have so much freedom. You have so much freedom with being a content creator because it is your schedule, yeah. it is what your passion is, what it is that you want to talk about. And so I do want to touch on that. And I was, you know, it's funny because it, this was this topic that I'm going to bring up. It was more so inspired by our off air conversation. And that is that, you know, the landscape of digital media and media in general is definitely changing. And I feel like sometimes people don't always understand the power of YouTube. Mm -hmm. So for you, like if you can just tell people like, hey, like just the overall what it is to be a content creator, the challenges, the people just don't take YouTube seriously all the time. They don't understand the potential of it. How would you tell people like pay attention to YouTube?
1: Here's why I think that people don't pay attention as much as they should it's because the best thing about youtube is anybody can be a youtuber and the worst thing about youtube is anybody can be a youtuber so when you're reaching out to a wrestling company when you're reaching out to a movie studio when you're reaching out to an nfl team to say hey can i do an interview and they see youtube or youtuber they go no big deal, because you created this yourself. And I feel like we're in this strange world right now, and I feel like we're on the cusp of this changing, but we're in this strange time right now where YouTube doesn't get the respect that it deserves because you're the one who's created it. And I feel like when a big network, CBS, ABC, NBC, Fox, comes in and says, you, you are our person. You are going to cover the red carpet of the Oscars, or you are going to cover the Super Bowl, or you're going to cover WrestleMania, or whatever it happens to be. There's a difference there because somebody has pointed at you and said, you're going to be the person. When it's YouTube, I feel like there's still this attitude of like, oh, that's so cute. My nephew has a YouTube channel. And it's still crazy to me that there's people that don't know who Mr. Beast is. Like when you're in the space, you're like, oh, he's the biggest YouTuber in the world. Of course, everybody knows Mr. Beast. And then you kind of just take one small step outside of this creator world and you go, oh my gosh, there's people who don't know who Mr. Beast is. Like, here's a bit, this Jimmy, you don't recognize this guy with the thumbnails? No, who's that guy? Gives away money all the time? Yeah, it's just crazy to think about that. And I I think that with that said, there's a lot of creators that would love to be content creators. Like, would love for that to be their job. But they're so nervous about taking that first step. And to them, I would say, you just got to start. Like, stop comparing yourself to people who have hundreds of thousands of subscribers or millions of subscribers. Just start. Everybody started at zero. And you need to take that first step and get that first subscriber. So then you can get that second subscriber and then that third one and so on and so on. And I think that so many people are so scared to just make that first video and dive into it And you've just got to do it. You've got to start.
0: It's funny because you mentioned the stigma a little bit of people going, oh, YouTube, that's cute, and it's true because you know I like even times I don't know Chris how you tell other people, but when other people ask you like, what is your job? How do you like what do you say? Because there's times where I'm like, do I really want to say YouTuber? (laughs) No, not necessarily. I want people to take me seriously, so I always say like, oh, I work in media, and then when Mm. they dive in like, oh, what kind of media? And I'm like, oh combat sports because there's still the stigma even with wrestling, right? <laughs> yeah, where people yeah. are going to look at you and be like, a wrestling YouTuber, what now? You you make a living doing this? How is that possible? Yeah.
1: I, I always start with I'm a TV host because that was always the goal and the dream for me and I've been fortunate to be able to work in broadcasting since I graduated from college and I still do freelance. I work for the CBS affiliate out of Las Vegas and that's where I do a lot of these movie junket interviews. So I start with, I'm a TV host, and I interview a lot of wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, like WWE and AEW. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, no, I've interviewed Hulk Hogan before. Oh, yes, I've, yes, I've also <laughs> interviewed Ric Flair. That's usually how the conversation goes. <laughs> but it's, uh, uh, oh, yes, I have a podcast. And like, I, I think it kind of starts to go down that path. Yes. But I still don't, pe- I don't know if people really fully understand what a content creator is No. So that's
0: what I want to get to because being a content creator especially when you're just starting, you're doing everything. You're you're coming up with the ideas, mm. you're filming, you're mm. editing, you're producing, you're promoting, you're having to learn thumbnails. You know, I didn't go to graphic design school shit. I got to figure that out. Uh, you know, search engine optimization, all of these things that go into the job promoting, social media, all of it. What is your schedule look like, Chris? Oh. The week, what is your process?
1: So, I you need to love every aspect of the process if you want to be a creator. So that means it's not just this. It's not just the being on camera and like watching the views hopefully climb on on social media. But it's like... It's reaching out and setting up the interviews. Then it's doing the research. Then it's sitting here filming and doing this part of it. Then it's the editing. Then it's the producing and like adjusting the audio levels. And then it's putting it out and then it's promoting it. Like you got to wear so many hats. And like you, I don't, I, I don't know how to make graphics, figure it out, but I don't know how to do that. I didn't know how to edit, but I can figure it out. And I wore all those hats for so long. And it was just recently actually you you put out a tweet and you're like I love that as a content creator I have enough money that I can help other content creators out whether it's graphic designers or editors or whatever I just got to that level myself like 2 years ago where I have a small team around me of just badasses they you know there's <laughs> like if, if you've seen any of my shorts or TikToks like my editor Troy who makes the vertical videos for me is The best, like literally the best in the business. So I'm so grateful to have a team around me of Troy, who edits my vertical videos. Joe edits my long-form videos and my clips. Uh, I've I've got uh, Donald, who edits just the audio of my interviews. I've got two graphic designers. I, I feel very grateful. Alex, who transcribes my interviews. I feel so grateful to have these super talented people who are the best at what they do so I can focus more time on being good at what I'm good at, which is having these conversations and creating the content. So when you put that out, I was like, yes, I love it. Like incredible. Give me a high five. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. it. It, it,
0: It was very hard. It's very scary because it's your money. at the end of the day it is your money like no one is giving you that money and you have to trust in yourself that you're going to either like a make that back or b that you're going to profit or if you even do take a loss that you're investing it in the right places and that's like where like also the business mind comes into this where i'm like i'm not i didn't go to business school i don't know anything about business and so it is wearing all of these hats but that is one of the things where it does take years as a you know it could take years right for some people it's a little faster, people blow up on the internet, but it does take years to like even get a team of people around you. And like even for me, like I'm just starting to like, you know, you know, outsource some of that work, but most of it still falls on me because I'm still trying, you know, to grow more. So it's like the more that you grow, the more you can outsource that work, which just makes the life, you know, easier.
1: Yeah, and like sure I know how to edit a video, but like my editing skills are like, I don't know, four out of (laughs) ten. you know yeah. like and it probably takes me quite literally five times longer yes. to edit something that, you know, an actual editor who has a 10 out of 10 ability there w- would do. So like not only is that just not a good use of my time, but now I can put that same amount of time into like researching or booking new guests or having longer interviews or whatever it happens to be. And I'm I'm so grateful that that is now a thing. And you're right, it's a business now. Like, that's that's a crazy thing to think about. Yes,
0: like you yourself, you, Chris Van Vliet, are the business. Like you are the brand. That's so scary. Like when you think about that, you're the brand, you're the business, and you have to like make all of these decisions. And I love it too because you're helping video editors, you're helping graphic designers and whoever it is that you hire, you're helping them give some get some income. And it just goes all around, right? You know, money comes and goes. But um, so I do want to touch on more on YouTube. And what I want to get into is what would you suggest are the top three things that every YouTube creator should be doing right now?
1: Thumbnails are number one. Like your thumbnails need to be great. Not just good, your thumbnails need to be great. And I'm not saying I have the best thumbnails, but they're certainly better than they used to be. (laughs) Your thumbnails need to be great because... That's what most people are going to see. Whether they're scrolling through it on their phone or they're seeing it, it's crazy now how many people are watching on TV, like watching YouTube instead of watching TV or Hulu or Netflix or whatever it happens to be, your thumbnails need to catch someone's eye. And I'll give you like a tiny little tip that someone gave me that changed everything for me. People read thumbnails the same way they read books. They read them left to right. So... You should put the most important thing on the left and then work over to the right. So you'll always see with my thumbnails, the guest is on the left and then my... My stupid little face there is on the right.
0: I'm doing it backwards, Chris. <laughs> Mine's is the complete opposite.
1: Denise thinks she's the draw here. Yes, yeah, so there you go. I so, learned
0: something new today. I'm going to go change all my thumbnails. You're going to see that <laughs> change.
1: You're going to see it. Thumbnails are number one. And even if you're just starting out, even if you don't have a ton of subscribers, find someone who is great at making thumbnails. And... Be ready to pay them 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it happens to be, because a great thumbnail is the difference between your video getting hundreds of views and your video getting thousands or tens of thousands or possibly even millions of views. Number two, titles. And a title is a promise of what is going to be delivered in the video, and it needs to be that way. So stop thinking of your titles as the title of your video and start thinking of your titles as the headline for what is actually going to happen in the video. And I think that that's a really important thing. So thumbnails and titles are going to be the reason why someone clicks on your video or doesn't click on your video. And if you look at the click-through rate, and if your click-through rate is, say, you know, something really good, like say 10%, that means there's nine out of 10 people that decided they didn't want to watch your video based on that thumbnail and that title. Maybe you could change that click-through rate with a great title, with a great thumbnail to 15%. That's 5% more, you know, it's only 85% of people saying no. What if it could be 80% of people saying no and 20% of people, yes, and, and kind of working your way up from there. So those are two really important things. I think the third one is just consistency. You got to be consistent, especially if you're starting out. If, if you really want to give this a go and you really want to be a content creator, you need to be consistent. And if you keep showing up with your content, the audience is going to start showing up too. I think that's a really important thing.
0: Yeah, because then you get them used to saying, this is what I'm going to have for you. And you know that you're always going to get this when you come to my channel. So that is something that is very, very key that you just mentioned.
1: And I think a big thing is like, put it out there and say like, every Thursday, there's going to be a new video. And that does two things. One, that conditions your audience to go, oh, it's Thursday. We're expecting a new video here from Denise. And it also forces you to put out a video every Thursday, even if you didn't feel like it, even if you didn't really have the best idea, it forces you to continue to make content. And I think the more reps that you have, the more swings you take at the plate, the better your chances are to hit a home run.
0: Oh man, and it's funny because when you said that, I was like, I know, I know where he's getting at with this <laughs> because it forces you to make sure that you're actually doing it. And that's the thing, like when you don't tell people, oh, I'm gonna have a new video on Monday. It's like, oh, I didn't tell anybody so it can
1: go up on Tuesday. And nothing bothers me more than creators that don't create for weeks or months at a time. And I get it, like I get it, it is an absolute grind, right? Like, And you don't always feel like doing it. But when creators like intermittently will like post like for like three months and then take two months off and then post for another two months and then take two months off. That's great if you're doing this as a hobby and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you truly want to be a content creator for your job, you got to keep showing up. You got to treat it like it is your job. If this was your Monday to Friday, your nine to five, you wouldn't just not show up because you don't feel like going. And I'm sure there's a lot of days you don't feel like going to your job. But if you want to, If you want content creation to be your job, start treating it like your job.
0: Yeah, it's the full time thing, right? So here's the thing we've been talking a lot about YouTube, but the way that I see it, I almost see it just like this web, right? Like this Mm -hmm. explosive, because you have YouTube and you branch off, you got a million different social media platforms. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, Chris, but I get very just. I I can focus on like two social media platforms, and the other ones I'm like, ah, you know. But there's just so much; it can be very overwhelming. But you're nailing it, man. You got over mm. 400k of you know followers on uh, Facebook. You got you know over 350 on TikTok. You got over 200k on Instagram. I how mean, do you know
1: all this? Wow, I don't even know this. <laughs>
0: I'm, like, I'm like, I got all your I got your social security wow. number. Number Jeez! Numbers,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> no, but like the point is, like your numbers are massive, and to get those numbers, like you mentioned, consistency and dedication. But talk to us about your social media strategy and what has been working for you that you would suggest to other creators.
1: I remember, like two years ago, a friend of mine was like, "I challenge my friends." to try to do 30 reels in 30 days. And this is when reels were like very new on Instagram. And I'm like, 30 reels in 30 days? I didn't even think I could make three reels in 30 days. That's insane. But I leaned into it and I was like, ooh, this is a good reel. And that leads me to thinking that this might be a good reel, which also makes me realize this might be a good reel. And it really got the the gears kind of going in my head. And I did it and I noticed that my engagement rate went up and the views went up and the followers went up and I went, okay, well, what if I could make 40 videos in 30 days? What if I could make 50 videos? And I just kind of kept moving the goalposts and kept bumping up the goals.
0: Where are you at now?
1: I think it's well over a hundred. A month? Yeah.
0: Oh my God. And I think just
1: in terms of actual content a month. So if you're talking about podcasts, long form videos, clips, shorts, Memes, all of that, I'm probably putting out 250 pieces of content a month wow. if I had to guess. And so my real strategy with content on social media is I like to think of the reels slash shorts slash TikToks as breadcrumbs. So they're 20, 30, 40 second, just little clips, memorable moments, funny things that happen in the interview. I like to think of them as the breadcrumbs that lead to the slice of bread that is the longer clip, the two to five to six minute clip that I'll put on YouTube or Facebook. And I'm hoping that if you like that, you might go find the full loaf of bread, which is the full interview on YouTube or the podcast. But it all trickles down for me and you know what I do. You know, I interview a lot of people. It all trickles down for me from like, let's make one giant piece of content, an hour-long interview like this, and chop that up into as much content as we can.
0: It's like you got the pie. Now you got to slice it, right? You got to cut it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I I also understand that in the world that we live in now, if I really enjoyed this podcast with somebody and sent it to you and said, Denise, you've got to check out this podcast. You're going to open that up on your phone and go, an hour and 29 minutes no way. I am not listening to that. But if I sent you a clip from that podcast, that was 43 seconds, pretty good chance. You're going to watch most of those 43 seconds. So that's the breadcrumb right there, right? Like try to get the viewer hooked with that. And maybe they'll start to see your stuff in the algorithm on social media. Maybe that will lead to a follow. Maybe that will lead to someone listening to your show.
0: No, and it's true because as you're saying this, I think of examples of when it happened to me where I really liked Drew Barrymore. And I saw clips of her interview um, with Brooke Shields. And I remember going, oh my God, I like like four of these different clips. I need to find this full interview. Mm. I need the whole Mm, thing. So it's true. That is how it is where you're like, I really liked everything that I sampled here. Now I want to buy the product. Yes. (laughs) There you go right there. Oh my gosh. Sounds like a drug dealer. (laughs) I know. (laughs) We're selling you drugs now. I should probably edit that out or else youtube's gonna take that the seriously first one's
1: free <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so um all right so you know we're talking about social media but here's the thing that's the fun side of social media creating content putting it out there with that comes a lot of attention And I'm sure you know this above anybody when it comes to attention and you're, you're putting yourself out there, right? People are going to be, you know, critiquing you. So for you, Chris, how do you handle the dark side
1: of it all? Mm. Do you just ignore it? What's, what's your strategy there? I think you have to, and it's difficult because if there's 99 really nice comments and one negative comment, I feel like we're just predisposed as humans to like focus on the negative one. So I like to think I'm a pretty positive person and I understand that in every situation, what's good is always there. What's, you know, what's right is always available, but also what's bad and what's wrong is also available. So I just try to always try to focus on, you know, what's good and what's right and what could possibly, you know, be the best thing to come out of the situation. But I, I just don't understand why someone would take the time to try to like tear down another person or, Hide behind a keyboard and just say mean things, and I actually think it says way more about the person commenting than it does about you. And I just, you know, I I oftentimes will think about that person. I'm like, that just that sucks that you're in this place in your life, and I'm really sorry. Like, I I hope that things will get better for you, but you can't dwell on any of that, right? But we create in this vacuum, right? With these, there's two cameras here. I, it's hard to remember sometimes. That there are other people on the other side of these cameras. So, seeing comments, good or bad, is actually just a nice reminder that, like, on the other side of this, there are other people that are like taking this content in. And whether they love it or they hate it, I appreciate that people are taking the time to engage with it.
0: That's true. And, you know, it's funny because you said something to me in our first interview and it really stuck out to me. And I, I, I you know, I've carried it with me uh, through the last three years, you know, and I remember we were kind of starting to talk about this similar issue with social media. Right. Because it's a topic that's going to come up all the time. And one of the things that you told me was that sometimes in those negative comments, you can kind of take some truth. Now, of course, there's some negative comments that are horrible and awful and you should not be taking any Mm -hmm. truth. But then there are some where it makes you think, hmm, can I learn from that? And so there's times where if I read a negative comment and there's some where I'm like, ah, whatever. Like, I'm not even gonna pay attention to that. But then there are some where I go, Hmm. can I take that and can I apply that to what I'm doing and it kind of it's really all just a mindset of how you take in these negative comments and that tip that you gave me really carried me through like moving forward where I'm like mm. Hmm. how can I take that into as positive
1: oh wow I think there is some like real constructive criticism I think that sometimes people don't say it in the nicest way and like I think what's also really difficult about the world of social media right now is I think a lot of people will watch a video and go, huh, okay, and they're not sure what to think, and then they go into the comments, and then they jump on somebody else's opinion and go, oh, yes, now that you've pointed it out, that's exactly how I feel about this.
0: Mob mentality, Yes, yes. There's
1: this weird group think that happens where like, if, if this had just existed in a vacuum in itself, if you just read that as, let's say, a newspaper article 20, 30 years ago, you just would have gone, huh, okay. And then you would have just moved on with your life. But now we can instantly see what other people think, for better or for worse. And I think that there is this mob mentality where people jump onto those comments and go, I never really thought about it that way, but now that you pointed it out that is exactly what i think
0: yes and this is something that i have told like other people that are not creators where all it takes is like one negative comment and if people like even slightly want to agree with that that's what gets the ball yeah. rolling and that could be very scary and i always try to think like even when i see it happen to other people, i always try to think okay don't get sucked into this mob mentality have your own opinion how do you feel about this like there's things where i see people get attacked online where i'm like that's really not a big deal at all and i read the comments and i'm like oh my god you guys are making it seem like this is the worst thing ever and it's not and sometimes i think that you just have to remember that and step out and take a bigger look and go is this really an issue here or is this not an issue here Uh, They're not.
1: They're not real issues. (laughs) And the funny thing about social media is it just confirms your biases. The way the algorithm is set up is it's gonna show you more things that you're interested in and more things that like you will engage with. So if you really like puppy dogs Instagram is probably going to show you a lot of puppy dogs. And when it shows you something that is not a puppy dog, you're going to go, well, I sure don't want to see that. And you're not going to engage with it. And then Instagram is going to go, here's some more puppy dogs. Now change puppy dogs with some sort of political affiliation here. So if you you think one way or another, Instagram, TikTok, whatever algorithm it is, is going to go, ooh, you seem to engage with stuff that talks about this, that reinforces this bias, you will just start to see that stuff in your feed. And then you will just start to think, this must be the way that the world works because this is all I ever see. And it's just not a a reflection of how the world really, truly works.
0: I was going to say, because you never really see that stuff happen in real life. Like you never see people get mad about the things that people get mad about on social media. And sometimes you just have to remember that. So it is, I would say, this, uh, you know, this strategy that you have to have, this mindset that you have to have to, you know, move forward. So um, the other thing that I want to ask you, and this is similar to my question that I asked you about YouTube, and this is for social media. What would you say are like the three things that people should be doing on social media right now to to succeed Ooh. as a creator.
1: Put me on the spot here. I would say whatever you're posting right now, up up the volume quite a bit. So if it's once a day, try doubling that. Yeah, you know, go to twice a day. And a little sidebar here, if you have a podcast right now and you want to double your numbers and you're posting one episode a week, double your the amount of podcasts that you put out. And it's pretty crazy how your audience will stick with you and your numbers will double. So I would say put out more content. I would say whatever has been working for you, look at your last two or three months. See what's really worked for you. Which, which reels or which posts have done really well for you and try to replicate that. Like do that but like in a different – like you know when you, when you find that shirt that you really like? It fits so well. It looks so good. And then you buy it but in another color. Do that with your social media, like find something, but like put a little spin on it. So it's the same type of thing, but just in a different color. Maybe it has stripes on it or something like that. And I would say the third thing, and I can't believe that more people don't do this is like cultivate the audience that you already have. If people are going out of their way and taking time out of their very busy day to leave a comment, the very least you can do is like their comment. You want to take it one tiny, minuscule step further? Leave a little comment reply. Hey, thanks very much for that. I appreciate that. Ha ha, that's funny. Whatever it happens to be. That takes seven seconds, and I guarantee you that person who commented that will not forget that, oh my gosh, Denise Salcedo responded to my comment. This is crazy. That's going to make me want to comment more when I see her content in the future. Do you read all of your comments? I read a lot of comments. I'd say I read a lot of comments in the first day or two. And then after that, like, it's crazy. You'll still get, like, a YouTube notification, as I'm sure you know, from, like, what, three years ago? Someone left a comment on this video for three years You're like, I
0: forgot I made that video. oh, my
1: God. And then you open it up, and, like, there's this huge thread of all these people arguing back and forth. Yes, yes. And you're like, what is going on here?
0: That is exactly what I see happen all the time. And I've heard from some creators, too. They say that it's um, just to, like, you know, for your own peace of mind, they said that the first, like, 24 hours, 48 hours that, you know, to read the comments it's fine because those are you probably your followers like your mm-hmm. people that like mm-hmm. you your subscribers once the comments come in like you know a month later a year later those are probably going to be more so along the lines of like trolls and people that just <laughs> want to attack and i thought oh i never thought about it that way so that was something that i kind of thought about too when it comes to reading comments yeah and
1: i think that comments are a pretty good reflection of like What's the big thing that stands out here? And as you know, you do a 45-minute interview, but people are, like, focused in on, like, the one thing that that person said or, like, the one weird moment where they, I don't know, like, flicked their hair behind (laughs) their ear or something weird. And you're like, oh, that's the thing? Like, 45 minutes and you're focusing on this seven-second little bit here? I find those things fascinating, and I'm like, ooh, well, could we break that off into a separate clip? Could we make that a TikTok? So that's, that's what I usually like to, you know, do. I think that comments are a really good, like, litmus test of, like, what's hitting with people? What are people really focusing on here?
0: Oh, that's really smart. That's a really good strategy. I love that. Man. All right. So, um, I do want to go ahead and, uh, dive into something that I think I've been wanting to ask you for a while. And we only kind of got to talk about it very briefly, Chris. Okay. okay. And that is that you are now a dad, you're a father. Yeah. And, uh, you know, God, we're talking about being having a busy sc- schedule, but now you're not only a full time creator, but you're also, you know, a parent. What's that been like?
1: It's been incredible. It changes everything. Like, since I talked to you last, at least on camera, I've talked to you many times <laughs> since. But I'm, I'm also a husband now. You know, we got married. You did too. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> Man, look at you. Uh being a dad has changed everything in my life. And it's amazing how my focus now has shifted so much. You know, I think so often about like, how is this not just beneficial for me and my audience, but how is like? How is this gonna better our family? But it it's the best. Like she has this little smile now. I posted this photo. We, we flew in from New York yesterday. Let me show you this photo. Aww. She was, She's the. She was so like
0: wait, how old, how old is she now? Three
1: and a half months old. Oh my Logan. god. She's the sweetest little girl, and we were on the plane together. And look at this happy little oh face. Oh my
0: God, her blue eyes. These bright blue oh eyes. I don't know if you.
1: Could, it'll probably autofocus I'll, or I'll not. I'll put the picture for the okay. viewers so
0: they can see it up there.
1: Seeing that little smile just melts my heart. And whatever tough, tough guy persona that I thought I might have had at one point in my life is I'll completely go. gone. Yeah, it's completely gone. She's, uh, she's made me a big softy
0: oh man that's really awesome chris She's honestly and, and do you like have you already started three and a half months it's like so little but you're like have you already started to see like mannerisms where you're like oh my god that's me or that's you to your wife or she it's, has this of you or that's me you know it's
1: funny like there's some days i'm like she looks just like rachel and then there's other times i'll see a photo of her and i'm like that looks like a baby picture of me yeah. I, but like we were just hanging out with our friends who have like a one-ish year old and like a three-year-old and like they're like full-on talking and I'm like, oh my God, like my little girl one day is gonna be like saying words to me and then those words are gonna eventually become sentences and like uh I can't wait Denise to like take her to her first wrestling show, take her to our first baseball game, take her fishing like I can't wait for those things, but then I will say on the flip side of it I I'm like terrified for like you know the when her heart gets broken one day. Or, like, things like that. I'm like, I mean, it all just comes with the territory. But, like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's crazy to think about.
0: They say that becoming a parent changes you. And, you know, you mentioned that you've become this big softy. And just even hearing you say, like, you can't wait for all of these things. How do you feel like it's changed you? Like, as do you think it's changed you, like, as a person? Or do you see things differently? I don't yeah, know.
1: I feel like there's a lot of times where I will look at the world through her eyes right? Because kids are just a complete blank slate. And they are like 100% just completely innocent. And it's amazing looking at the the world through the eyes of like a child because everything's wonder, right? You're seeing everything for literally the first time. And then you're experiencing everything for like the first time. So it's changed my perception of like, you know it's it's amazing that we can get so tired so quickly of even the most incredible things right like the fact that somehow this picture taking device thingy here makes moving pictures that can go up on this thing called the internet like that is literally mind blowing and the fact that we just kind of take that for granted now is crazy so it's things like that like it's like looking up at the night sky at night and like seeing, oh, my God, those are not just like little twinkling things in the sky. Those are suns of other solar systems, like things like that without going down this crazy rabbit hole that I'm already encroaching on here. I, I feel like I have much more wonderment now that I look, through, look at the world just a little bit differently now.
0: Man, that's awesome. That's so sweet. And I like that. Like, even just hearing you, like, picture it, I'm looking out there, and I'm like, I'm seeing the stars now <laughs> up in the ceiling. <laughs> like,
1: like, we opened up the window on the plane, yeah. and she was just like, <sighs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, it was pretty. I don't, I'm sure she doesn't fully comprehend that, you know, we're flying through the air 35,000 feet above the surface of the earth, which is a rock spinning through, you know, uh, the galaxy. But she just looks down as like a different perspective of like, oh, wow. And I, I I can kind of like put myself in her shoes now.
0: Man, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you, Chris, honestly. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm so really happy cool. for you.
1: Come on, congratulations. You are a full-time creator. Thank you for continuing to use the term full-time creator, which is the business that I uh, just started here, Hel- helping other people become full-time creators, full-time creator. .co, I'm sure by the time this is launched, that we have launched, or by the time this video is out, that we have launched FullTimeCreator.co.
0: So tell us about this. Give, give, what details can you share?
1: So I get hit up all the time from people that are like, can I pick your brain about this? How did you start as a content creator? Or I'm really struggling. I want to do this for a living. I'm only getting tens of views right now. How can I turn that into hundreds or thousands? How can I make my first dollar? So... My buddy, Travis Chapel, he's more on the entrepreneurial side of things, but he's been creating content for his whole career. I've been creating content for my whole career. We have made a lot of mistakes. And with Full-Time Creator and the mastermind that we've created, we want to just dump all of our knowledge out of our brains to help other people shortcut their path to success. So that maybe you're not going to become a full-time creator, but maybe you'll make your first dollar. Maybe you'll make this a side gig that pays for I don't know, your, your uh, cable bill or pays for your phone bill or pays for your car or whatever it happens to be. But I think there's a lot of people that want to do this for a living and don't know where to start. And we want fulltimecreator.co to be that jumping off point.
0: Dude, that is so freaking cool, man. And I always see this, like, you know, YouTubers that come up with businesses and different things that are, you know, that they add on top of the empire that they've already built. So I think full-time creator, man, that's a really cool option because, you know, again, sometimes you just don't know who to ask. Like, I find myself watching YouTube self-help videos. I listen to a YouTube help podcast because even though, like, my full-time job is YouTube, sometimes there's just things that you just don't know or maybe you want to have more knowledge on. And so having those those places to find that, it it could really change your game a whole lot.
1: The best way to get where you want to go is find someone who's already been there and ask for directions. Right. And that is quite literally what we're doing. We're also going to bring in people who are just absolutely crushing it in the space, bring them in for people to pick their brain and, and do a Q&A with them, and they can dump all their knowledge out. Actually, you'd be great. So once we get going here, we'll get Denise on, and you know, this is going to be like at a very high level where you know this isn't for someone who wants to make a video here or there. This is literally for someone who could see this possibly being a career for them.
0: Yeah. Full time, man. And you can make it happen. That's the that's the beauty of it. Right. Your future is in your hands. (laughs) All right. So I got one more question for you, Chris. uh, And that is, you know, speaking of the future being in your hands, you're talking about, you know, full time creator. You're you're a full time creator. And so with that being said for you, what are still some of those benchmarks that you want to hit? Some of those goals where you're like. Ooh, I'm not satisfied just yet until this little thing happens.
1: Mm. And then what's funny is like goals shift and change all the time, right? So to be able to attach it's not a good idea to attach your happiness to a goal of like I won't be content until this thing happens because that thing will inevitably one day happen. And then what? <laughs> Are you supposed to you were supposed to be happy when this thing happened? Well, now what? You did the thing, and now you've got all these things, you know, that you still got to accomplish after that so i've never attached my like happiness to a goal but i will set big goals so that i go okay that's the thing i'm aiming for and then after that thing happens well we can aim for some more a million subscribers which seems to be more of a possibility on the clips channel than the main channel that is one of the main goals i want the big gold youtube play button the big gold youtube play button (laughs) so that's the next goal and the cvv Clips channel's been growing at a much faster rate than the main channel, which is crazy to think about. It's doing like a million views a day right now. Why don't... It just all those people would just click subscribe, we'd be finished. We'd have it We'd have oh it done tomorrow. Oh,
0: God. I'm listening to you It'd say... It'd be done. One million views a day, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's 30, 31 million. There's 30, 30, 31 days in the month. Like, that's freaking You're, nuts, Chris.
1: But you'll be there. But then you look oh. at like... Doesn't, <laughs> Mr. Beast probably does like a billion views a day. So right, like,
0: like everyone's always comparing themselves right. to like the person above, yeah. person above, person above, man. Which, oh my God. Which is why
1: I've always set it out like day to day of like what's in front of me today and how can I, to borrow a quote from Cody Rhodes who Dusty gave him this advice, how can I maximize my minutes? How can I maximize what's in front of me today? How can I make the most of the opportunities that I'm being presented with today? So they can turn into more opportunities tomorrow, and those can turn into more opportunities the next week, and so on and so on. That's really where my focus always is. What can we do in this exact moment right now to make this the best possible situation that will then lead to more stuff down the road?
0: I love that, man. I love that. That's freaking good because, yeah, that's the only way you're going to get there is if you keep building to it. Uh, Chris, I want to thank you so much, man, for taking the time out of your day to come here. uh, You know, to drive over here. First off, thank you, and to do this interview with me. Uh, I just know that a lot of the viewers here are going to love it because everybody, like people, love your work, man. I love your work. So I love your work. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate (laughs) that. (laughs) Look
1: at. By the way, before we wrap this up, congratulations to you. It is not an easy thing to grind it out every single day, to come up with ideas for content, to film the content, to produce it, to edit it, to get it out there, rinse, lather, repeat, because you got to do it again later this week. But you do that, and you consistently show up, and I want to acknowledge you for that, because it is not easy. I know there's a lot of times when maybe you don't want to do it, but you do it anyway. And that's why you're in the position that you're in right now. That's why you're being given the opportunities that you're being given right now. And that's why there's more opportunities just around the corner that are waiting for you.
0: God, I hope so, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) From your mouth to God's ears, (laughs) honestly. But no, seriously, thank you so much. Uh, I think that you have literally inspired so many creators, myself included. So I feel like, man, if you listen to this podcast, you watch the video, let us know what you thought. If you're an inspiring correct creator, let us know in the comments section below or even if you're just interested in, you know, what this job entails and all of that good stuff. I hope you guys got some great stuff out of it. I'm sure you did. Chris, where can the people follow you? Where can they show you some love and support and check out your work?
1: Speaking of showing love and support, I, it just blows my mind how many people watch YouTube videos but so very rarely like them. <laughs> Click like on this video right now and support our girl here. She's working her ass off. People treat it like you only have a certain amount of likes in a day to give away. And, ooh, I'm not going (laughs) to like that video. It's not like you've been only given like seven of them today and and you have to decide who's going to get these seven likes. You have an infinite number of likes and subscribes to give. Give them out. Give them out generously and support the creators that you love. Please support Denise. And if you'd like to support me, go find my YouTube channels. The, one, the main one's Chris Van Fleet, which is just my name, and then CVV Clips. And, yeah, just please, just keep this in mind. Like videos. It goes such a long way to show your support. And if you haven't subscribed, if you look right now, oh, my gosh, I thought I was subscribed to Denise. She always shows up in my algorithm. It's crazy. I wasn't subscribed this whole time. Change that right now and click subscribe.
0: Thank you so much, Chris. Um, it's like I, I cut a promo, I was going to say, say, yeah, I, I was going to make sunglasses. sure. Make sure, I'm going to post all of your links in the description box and below. And if you of don't course.
1: subscribe, I'm going to. This is what this was turning into. <gasps> brother. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something, dude. You should be subscribed to Denise Salcedo, brother.
0: <laughs> I'm going to use that. Speaking of clips, that's, that's going to be the bumper, man. That's going to be the bumper right there. Uh, thank you to everybody watching. Thank you to Chris. I hope you guys enjoyed this video. We'll catch you guys
1: next time.